Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. I'm your host, Stephanie Uchima Carney, and I'm a modern day business mama who believes you can have it all. This podcast is all about going behind the scenes of the lives and businesses of successful moms in business in order to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real life tactics, and favorite tools that you as a mom can use to apply to your daily life and business. It is my mission to educate, empower, and inspire moms like yourself to build your dream business while having the freedom and flexibility to enjoy life to the fullest. Power Moms, it's time to rule the world. Now let's get started. Why is it that as a mom, I'm always saying yes to everyone else and never saying yes to myself? As a single 20-something-year-old, I was selfish. I traveled when I wanted. I slept in when I wanted. I worked a job where if I brought my work home with me, I didn't feel obligated to do it that second because I would just go in the office the next day and do it. However, once I became an entrepreneur and a mom, I felt guilty of putting everyone else's needs in front of my own. Whether it be in home life with the kids or at work with my clients, I felt like it was my responsibility and my duty to serve everyone else but myself. For the longest time, I would run myself into the ground. I would get sick and pretty much collapse because I was always overdoing it. I still believe I went into labor at 36 weeks with my second kid because I decided it would be a great idea to produce a wedding at 35 and a half weeks pregnant. So I was on my feet for 15 hours. From volunteering on the board of a local charity, working full time, running an event planning and company on the side, having two kids, and much, much more, I basically gave all of my time and energy to everyone else except for myself. Am I alone in that feeling? I believe as an entrepreneur, a business owner, a mom, a wife, and many more, there's a fine line between work and home, especially when a lot of times I actually work from home. From doing the naptime hustle to squeezing in work before the kids wake up and long after they go to bed, I realized that I was trying to get it all done at the expense of my own health and well-being, which is why today's episode is all about boundaries and self-care, because these are two themes that I feel like as a mom, we tend to put aside and pretend that it's not a problem or doesn't need to exist. If we can just tough it out for a few more years, when the kids get in school or when they get older, it'll all get better, right? But in my opinion, it doesn't. By definition, a boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line. And in motherhood and business, that line is pretty much blurred and we definitely push our limits. So how do you create a boundary that feels good for both parties? Over the last year and a half since I had my second kid, I really had to make a conscious effort on learning how to set boundaries and priorities or else I would just run myself into the ground. So here are three of my tips for how I set boundaries. Tip number one, learning to say no. Okay, I know that sounds pretty simple to do, but... I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people who love to volunteer for things and sign up for things and overcommit on my calendar because I think I'm capable and that I can do it all. But it's not that I necessarily need to do it all. And it's not necessarily that I even want to do it all. It's just that when no one else says yes, I'm the one who raises my hand and says, sure, I'll be team mom. Sure, I'll volunteer and do that. Or yes, I can take on that client etc. The problem for me is that I was fearful that if I put up boundaries, it will result in a loss of momentum in my business 
And also I had a little bit of FOMO. I mean, if you say no to a lot of things, you could be missing out. And I always was questioning, well, what if, what if, what if? But then I switched my mindset and I started to think about, okay, why should I say yes? Why am I doing this? What is so important Will it move my business forward? Will it help our family? Is it because I want to be involved? Is it personal? Why? And I kept asking myself, just like my two-year-old at the time would keep asking me why, 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 why? So when I was making decisions, learning to say no came easy when I realized the why behind it was so trivial that I did not need to say yes. When you allow space and when you create space by saying no, you'll be completely amazed at how much can grow out of it. If I didn't create space, and you can define space as time, but I really think of it as more mental capacity, space to breathe, whatever that means to you. If you allow and create space, you'll be amazed at what comes out of it and what great opportunities can come out of it. Tip number two, create an environment that sets you up for success. And by environment, I mean a physical environment or even a mental environment. So when my second child was born, I did a lot of work from home. I had an office, but really going there with a newborn was really difficult. So I decided that I would do everything from home. That for me did not work out well. It works out well for some people, but for me, Creating a work area in my house just was overwhelming for me. So my suggestion is put yourself in an environment where you can physically and mentally eliminate the distractions so you can get even 20 or 30 minutes of something done, whether it's in your minivan, in your closet, having an actual office, going to a WeWork or whatever that is. Try and create an environment that sets you up for success. Shut off your social media, silence your notifications, go to a different room where you can concentrate, put on headphones and put on a Spotify music playlist. Just do something so you're not in the middle of the chaos. If the laundry's going on, if you're cooking, if the dishes need to be put away, you're always distracted trying to think of something else to do. And you're always going to be thinking of what needs to get done next. So if there's something in your environment that's occupying physical or mental space, then let it go for those 20 to 30 minutes. And I promise they'll still be there, unfortunately, when you get back. So just try and be present in that environment that you create. Tip number three is creating clear communication and setting expectations. When I first launched my event planning company, I felt like I had to be at the beck and call of my clients. Whenever they emailed me, I responded. Whenever they text messaged me, I responded. It didn't matter if it was at 10 in the morning or 10 in the evening. I responded because I felt like they were paying me all this money. I needed to be there for them. But in reality, I didn't. And what started to happen was when I responded to an email or a text at 10 in the evening, they would email me right back and expect a response, but I could have been doing it from bed. And so when I didn't respond at like midnight, they were wondering, well, what's going on? Why didn't she respond? So what I started to do was I would write the email, say at midnight when I had the time to do it, but then I would set a schedule so that it didn't go out until the morning. Once I started to set expectations by saying, 
telling them not only I'm not going to be responding from messages from X time to X time and not actually doing it, then they believed me and that slowly evolved. When you feel like you have to be at the beck and call for your clients and you don't communicate that or set expectations, that's when you get drained. And that goes along with setting expectations with your family, being flexible and honest and having clear communications and no excuses. And to be honest, say, for example, you have a lunch that you need to go to and you're running late because your nanny didn't show up or something happened. Just be honest and don't make up a lie. Because honestly, if they cannot accept your situation, then maybe you shouldn't be working with them or even friends with them. I know for me that my mommy friends, it doesn't matter. If we are late and we communicate that, they get it. Who knows? My daughter could have a blowout five seconds before I'm about to get in the car and I have to run in and change her. And that takes five minutes. Other people will understand, but Be clear in your communication because it's when you start making up excuses or lies that you really get yourself into trouble. Along with setting expectations is setting expectations for yourself and being flexible with them. So what I mean is although routines and structure are extremely important for our lives and for children, you know that children can be completely unpredictable from changes in sleeping schedules. So thinking that you had a two hour time block to nap when in reality, your baby decides to go through a sleep regression and not nap at all to health changes. When you get that call from school to come pick up your kid immediately, because apparently they have signs of hand, foot, mouth, or to having your nanny not show up because, or your child care to fall through or whatever that might be. Anything can happen. So when it comes up, just be flexible and also try and have backup systems in place so that you can adapt and communicate to your clients, to others, your team, whatever that is, is extremely important. So again, tip number three, clear communication and setting expectations. I cannot impress how much being flexible and being clear with that will go a long way. Along the same lines of boundaries, mom guilt is the main reason so many women and moms don't keep their boundaries in order to create space for something that I think is truly important, which is self-care. Theme number three of today is self-care. My belief is that if you're not 100% yourself, so if I'm not 100% Stephanie, then I cannot be a patient mom, productive in my business, supportive in my relationships, etc. When I'm not healthy, when I'm running on empty, when I'm exhausted beyond belief, then I'm short with my kids, I'm not present when I need to be, I'm not creative at work, and I'm also not productive. I'm even probably resenting the work I have to do because I'm thinking of doing a hundred other things like sleeping for one. So here are three things that I do to try and keep my self-care meter not close to zero. And I know when you hear self-care, you think, oh, I don't have time for myself, or I can't even take a shower without my kids with me, or yeah, that sounds great, but you know, massages and whatnot just don't fit in with my life. Well, again, self-care doesn't have to mean mani-pedis, massages, and luxurious things. Self-care just means taking care of yourself first, because if you are not 100% you, 
you cannot be a good business person, a good mom, a good wife, or a good whatever it is, a good friend. So here are three things I try and do for myself. The first thing is do one thing for yourself daily. I don't care what that is, and it doesn't have to be the same thing every day. It doesn't even have to take a lot of time. Just do something solely for you. So for example, whether it's taking a two-minute break to do a meditation, whether it's you just want to sit in your car and take five deep breaths, whether it's you have time to work out or go to a yoga class, whether it's going for a walk and sitting in the sun for five minutes, or picking up the phone to call a friend. It could be getting a massage or getting a mani-pedi. It can be eating lunch with your friends or even having a meal solo. It doesn't matter. Just every single day, make it a non-negotiable that you have to do one thing for yourself. One thing that fills you up. Because if you can't spend even five minutes focusing on yourself, how in the world are you going to continue onward to be able to help others, help your family, help people in your business if you are depleted? The second thing that is truly important in my mind and something that I read that a lot of successful people do is have a morning routine. Again, It can be five minutes or less, but try and keep it consistent every day. And I know you're thinking, hi, I don't have time to keep a routine in the morning because my kids jump on my bed and wake me up, or I'm always in a rush, or whatever that might be. But one of my favorite questions that I'm going to be asking in these interviews is, what does the first 20 minutes of your day look like? I already heard that so many people start their day immediately by picking up their phone and checking emails or being suddenly awoken by their kid. But for me, I believe that starting the day on the right foot is extremely important. Now, if your kid wakes you up, try and adjust that where you have them sit in your bed for a second so that you can do your morning routine. So what does my morning look like? I try and set my day up for success. So I have with my husband an agreement that when the first kid is up, which is usually at 6.30, our four-year-old, my husband is on daddy duty. And now again, this is different for every situation, but this is what works for us. So again, you need to do what works for you. So my morning routine, 6.30, my first kid's usually up, usually walks into the bathroom and my husband is on daddy duty. I wake up and I get a chance to do a five-minute meditation. Now, if my husband isn't home, I try and set my alarm earlier so that I can do that. Or if my son jumps in bed, I tell him for a minute that mommy wants to do this and that he can play with his toys next to me while I do this. So I make sure that I can start my day off with a five-minute meditation because for me, that's important to me and that's a priority. For you, it can be something different, but having consistency every day to set yourself up for success is extremely important. After that, I make sure I drink a glass of water. And back in the day when I used to do my gratitude journal, I actually would allocate my time as quote poop time. So if I didn't get my five minute gratitude journaling done when I woke up, I pretty much made an excuse that I was in the bathroom pooping and that I needed to have alone time. And that's when I would do it. Lastly, the thing that I do for self-care is that I give myself permission to rest. When I'm exhausted, when my body's telling me that I can't go forward, 
I tell myself that it is okay to take a rest. Now, I know a lot of you moms out there are probably thinking, yeah, that's great. I would love a nap. But when my kids are always jumping on me or we are always running around to activities, rest doesn't necessarily have to be taking a nap, but it means taking a break from all the hustle of what you have to do in order to heal. I promise your business will not die if you take a day off. Your business won't die if you take an hour lunch to yourself. Your family will still survive if you need to take a break. And I promise putting them in front of an iPad or Paw Patrol on the TV will not scar your kids for life. So with that being said, I want to know what is the one thing you're going to do for yourself today to move yourself forward to a better place? What is the one thing that you're going to do to set up a boundary in your life? Thank you so much for joining me this week. Next week, we're going to dive into the final two themes that I think are super important for moms, and that is identity and relationships. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Power Mom Minute podcast. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for the episode and other goodies over at powermomminute.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Each week, I will be reading some of those reviews on air. So stay tuned and you might just hear yours. Thank you so much again, beautiful mamas, and I'll see you here next time.